this episode of the Press Rewind Prince Lyrics Podcast, my guests for this episode, Kevin Evans and I, are going to be talking about the nearly included in the Purple Rain film, but ultimately unreleased until 2017 track, Electric Intercourse. Welcome back to the show, Kevin. Thank you, Jason. Glad to be back. Um, it's been quite some time. <laughs> Yeah, it's been a little bit. We last discussed a song off the Batman soundtrack. So um, I think it was Love and Crush, as you mentioned earlier when we were chatting. And while this song, Electric Intercourse, did not make it onto the Purple Rain soundtrack, that, from all accounts, is what it was intended for. So go for one song that was on a soundtrack, even though I'm not sure Lemon Crush was intended for the Batman soundtrack. I think we talked about that. It was just kind of like a song that Prince decided, okay, this could work. This could work on the soundtrack for Batman. I, it's a song I had written before where I, I don't have any proof of this, but again, my understanding is that Prince was writing songs for the Purple Rain film and the forthcoming soundtrack. This was intended to be kind of that big emotional ballad moment in the film that um, ultimately went to the beautiful ones uh as the story goes you know prince liked this song um thought it might work but then must have had like a change of heart maybe got some feedback from somebody or else just thought to himself this isn't quite working it isn't quite working the way i thought it was going to be um and and honestly as we talk through the song kevin i think the two songs while they're both ballads and both have deep emotion invested in the lyrics and in the performance, especially in the performance for both songs. They're two very different songs in terms of what they're conveying and talking about through the lyrics. But I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. I do want to talk about the lyrics of this song and then we can kind of compare the lyrics to this song to what, what the beautiful ones was so you know we can kind of just the two of us can decide amongst ourselves if we thought prince made the right choice considering the script and also that's another potential that could have happened that the script to purple rain could have been going through drafts and changes where a song like electric intercourse may not have worked for the narrative of the film purple rain and beautiful ones just seemed like a better fit that's that's a potential. So, Kevin, as I ask people who join me on these Vault Track episodes, did you have any history with this song? And if you did, what is it? And if not, when did you first hear it? Uh, yeah, for this particular song, I actually had zero history with it until it came out on the Super Deluxe um, edition. Um I did not see or hear the live version that was recorded with um, with the other songs that were from Purple Rain. Like uh, I think Purple Rain was recorded at that time. I would die for you and um, some other songs at that uh, show in '83. Uh, um, I I just saw that video last week when I started prepping for this. <laughs> <laughs> So, so pretty pretty new to the song overall. Since this came out in 2017, like officially released, 
in 2017, as you mentioned, on the Purple Rain Deluxe Edition, which was, uh, I would say, the first significant release from the estate after Prince's passing. The Forever compilation came out first that had Moonbeam moonbeam levels on it, but it did not have, it was mostly just greatest hits. That was primarily what Forever was. This Purple Rain release had an entire disc of vault songs, and that's what we're talking about is one of the vault songs off the Purple Rain Deluxe, and that's the Electric Intercourse song. So that squarely paints it and places it in the Purple Rain era. The fact that it was intended, likely intended for the film. And there's just lots of evidence to support that. And let's talk a little bit about that concert. So on August 3rd, 1983, Prince and the Revolution, they perform at First Avenue for this this benefit concert. Prince has audio and video taken from this show. And many songs that the audience had never heard before were premiered, you know, Purple Rain related songs, as you mentioned, the song Purple Rain itself, which I think is the most kind of like the famous song from this performance because Purple Rain, I Would Die For You and Baby I'm A Star, like the source audio that was used for the final mix on the album was pulled from this recording from this concert in August of 83. So that's cool. Uh, Let's Go Crazy and uh, Computer Blue were also performed at the show, but the versions that we got on Purple Rain were not, they were just solely studio versions of those songs, not the live versions with some additional studio manipulation or mixing or uh, overdubs or anything like that, like um, the other three that I mentioned. And Electric Intercourse was another new song that Prince premiered at this concert for an audience You have to believe at least so either two things. He either was going to use the source audio from this performance for the song that would end up on the soundtrack or like Computer Blue and Let's Go Crazy. It was just a chance to perform a song that he had written for this forthcoming soundtrack in a live setting um, to, to practice it or just to get the band some practice performing it and for himself some practice performing it in front of a live audience because the performance of this song is pretty important i think to the feeling of it and yeah, i would agree on yeah on like that, purple like rain that. all the purple rain songs are, are about like performance right except for when doves cry and take me with you all of those songs on the on the film were enhanced by the performance right exactly and when he when you see that performance of of, uh of electric intercourse um like you get the same at least for me i got the same feeling that i that i get from when i see like the beautiful ones when he performs that in the film like it has that emotional punch to it um but as you mentioned in the in the intro, these songs are totally different, and and uh, but he he brings it when when he performs it, and um, yeah, it's it's quite an amazing performance. Uh, if if uh, if the listeners get a chance to to you know go to YouTube and and look for it, it it it's an amazing performance. 
Yeah, it does make you wonder what he would have done with the song if it was included and they had to film a scene around it. So in the in the video that you're referring to and that I'm referring to, which was taken from that August 83 concert, he's just sitting at the piano. Um, he doesn't, he doesn't get up. He doesn't walk around. He doesn't like collapse on, on the stage like he does in the beautiful ones performance from the film. So in order to amp up the drama around the track, it makes you wonder what he would have done on stage performing this song for the film versus just for, you know, the audience there at first Avenue. But regardless, even just him sitting there and performing it because he he's still very animated in the performance um you know a lot of pained facial expressions uh there's a there's a point in the song you know where he's touching his head you know because he's almost like pleading uh we again don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves talking yeah, about yeah. aspects of the song and the performance but the thing about the song though is there's there's that version that everybody who was there was familiar with or anybody who had a bootleg of that performance over the years over the decades that's what they've lived with for their entire lives or for the entire life of this song i don't i don't think and somebody can correct me who's listening i don't think the studio version the version that we got in 2017 was as widely distributed as the live version so i just don't feel like i've heard as many people talk about the studio version in the same with the same reverence that they talk about this live performance and i like the studio version i think the studio version's great i don't have like this um i don't hold the live version um up on a pedestal that is you know looking down on the studio version i like both versions a lot they're both pretty different while still being the same song. But I don't think like, oh, this is a missed opportunity. The studio version's trash. Or, you know, it mm. just doesn't have everything that I need for a good Prince song. Yeah, for, for, for me, um, after actually after seeing the live version, I, I want to say I, I'm leaning more towards that live version because, and, and the main reason why is... Uh, I really like when he sings in his natural voice. Not nothing against his falsetto. His falsetto. I love his falsetto voice, but for this particular song, when he sings it in his natural voice, and then uses the falsetto for the screams and things like that at the end, I think that's what gives it kind of more of that kind of emotional punch for me. But. I can kind of see why he went to the falsetto for the studio version because I think I mean this song is clearly, you know, somewhat of a blueprint for the beautiful ones. And so I think that studio version allowed him to to kind of maybe uh maybe that's where beautiful ones was born from you know so certainly possible and it's it's interesting how quickly he turned on a dime 
Yeah, so The Beautiful Ones, according to Prince Vault, was recorded at Sunset Sound Studios on September 20th of 1983. And September 12th at Sunset Sound, Prince was still working on overdubs for Electric Intercourse. So he was still, so like the the live performance was on August 3rd, so he had the song, of course, written. And there's some also basic tracking information but that dates back to January of 83 for this song. Performed it live with, with the Revolution on August 3rd of 83. Went back into the studio to work on some overdubs on September 12th. Eight days later, he's recording The Beautiful Ones. I didn't take the time to go back to Dwayne Tudal's book, The Purple Rain Sessions book, to look at like what happened. Like, Is there people that got interviewed? between september 12th and september 20th i read the book but it's been too long for me to remember like was it something like some sort of again feedback from anybody reading the script and and thinking like this is where we need an emotional ballad did it have anything to do with vanity leaving the project then having to search for a new actress uh there's just so many things that could have happened in between September 12th and September 20th, but he basically abandoned the song and knocked out a masterpiece. No offense to electric intercourse, but the beautiful ones, spoiler alert for my opinion is the better song. (laughs) (laughs) I think the beautiful ones is one of his best songs in his catalog, but what frustrates me a little bit, and what must have frustrated, I imagine, frustrated a lot of the concert goers at that First Avenue show is like they heard this song and they heard and they saw Prince perform it in such, um, you know, in such a captivating way. And then they're like, OK, where is it? When are we going to yeah. hear? When are we going to get it? And then year after year passes and this song never sees the light of day, not even as a B-side it's just yeah, imagine oh, imagine frustrating yeah imagine uh electric intercourse is a b-side to the beautiful ones yeah right that would have been that would have been something yeah i mean that that is kind of also the crazy thing about the beautiful ones it's such a well-known song and it's so iconic and so revered but it wasn't a single mm-hmm. there was already five singles from a nine-track album so <laughs> like what are you gonna do release the whole freaking thing so um yeah baby i'm a star i think was a b-side so you got like six songs uh out of the nine ultimately saw the light of day but then again darling nikki is is that iconic as well and that wasn't a single so when you have an album like purple rain filled with you know banger after banger (laughs) (laughs) you can't release them all (laughs) yeah you can't release them all exactly you know even you know, even Thriller, they held some songs back. I was just so. gonna, I was just gonna <laughs> cite Thriller, and then Bad was the same way. Like they practically yeah. released every single song off of Bad um, over the course of like two, three years. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, Electric Intercourse, you know, abandoned completely. People just probably wondering where did it go. And then eventually, just kind of faded out of consciousness because it's never played it live in the 80s it wasn't snuck into any kind of purple rain concerts 
after that uh, August 83 show, it was tucked away for decades until he kind of out of the blue performed it. Um, I think it was like in in England somewhere. Uh, I wrote it down where he yeah, last performed it. Yeah, it, it was in England. And it was, wasn't that like 2016 when he did it? Oh, uh, it looks like 2014. He was performed 2014. live okay. on May 15, 2014 at the LG Arena in Birmingham, England. Hmm. So yeah, and it like, still had that fire too. <laughs> I'm sure it did. I haven't heard it. I need to. I need oh, to. You haven't. Uh, it's on no. YouTube. You can see. Okay. It there. You could the 2014 version. Awesome. I got. Yeah. I got to check that out. I was yeah, listening it, to like um, the of course the live version from '83 rehearsal footage from '83, but I didn't didn't get around to listening to that 2014 version. So yeah, no. Thanks for pointing that out. I definitely am going to to listen to that, and I encourage listeners to of the show to jump on youtube and um search for it um the other th- thing to note is that the song was considered for crystal ball 2 in 2000 during a first celebration and that that never materialized so there never was a crystal ball 2 so again another opportunity for this song to see the light of day during prince's lifetime but it wasn't meant to be. And um, yeah, 2017 rolls around. We get this Purple Rain Deluxe. And now we have Electric Intercourse, the studio version. Version that would have likely been on the soundtrack if Prince had decided it was worthy. <laughs> or fit. Maybe worthy isn't the right word to use. Maybe more just like if he thought it was the best fit for the soundtrack and for the film. Um, I didn't know if you wanted to talk about it now, but uh, I I did again during the research. I I did um, like you can find the Purple Rain uh, original script online. Um, so um, I found it and went to that scene, and basically it's the same scene as as the beautiful ones. Like everything, you know, Morris is there at the table. Vanity is. It, it's funny. It, it the none of the characters have different names. It's it's like, uh, it says you know the character's name is Vanity, and then like, uh, instead of the revolution being introduced on the stage, they're like you know, and coming to the stage is Prince, <laughs> mm-hmm. and and uh, you know he kind of sees her with Morris, and then they what's weird is they start their set with G spot. Like it. Oh, really? (laughs) The the script clearly says that they play a song, a funky song called G spot. And then he goes into electric intercourse after that. Wow. And then, and then he walks off stage and like in, in the purple rain film, they only do the one song. Mm-hmm. And then go off stage. They run into Billy Sparks at the uh, backstage, and he's like, "What's this one song shit?" <laughs> yep. And he says, "Same line that he used in the movie." Yep. Yeah. So th- that's that's what uh, that's what's in pro- in the movie today. In the <laughs> script, in the original script, he comes off stage and he goes, 
what's this intercourse shit? <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. You basically just changed the, you know, the subject. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <of> line. <laughs> but, but pretty much the, the rest of the scene, like what happens before and what happens after is basically what, what's in Purple Rain right now. Um, maybe with a, you know, few lines of dialogue changed, but, um, That's fascinating. But That's yeah, fascinating it's, it's, because G spot and electric intercourse back to back really is kind of like Prince slash the kid attempting to turn on woo, um, arouse, uh, vanity in mm-hmm. the original script or Apollonia ultimately, if it would have stayed that way really expressed like a, a sexual desire for her in a way that the beautiful ones doesn't really. Yeah. Yeah. The beautiful ones is, yeah, is, is just a totally different beast. Um, and we'll get into that later, I guess. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to get too ahead of myself. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's actually bears discussing, a, discussing a little bit because the use of the word intercourse in 2023 or even in 2017, who cares, right? I mean, like we've been hearing kind of like crude language and pop mm-hmm. music forever since two live crew, you know? <laughs> and, um, yeah. <laughs> well, since Prince really, but none of his pop songs, like none of his crossover songs were, were all that crude. Mm-hmm. But to sl- to slap a song on a major in a major uh, release, the the album that was supposed to catapult him, it wasn't like oh this was an accident. No, Purple Rain wasn't an accident. Like it blew up because everything was designed to blow up. Like he wrote the songs with the intention of them crossing over and blowing up. He had a movie attached to it with the intention of that magnifying his. Um, you know, his his stance in, in the public eye. So this was all intentional. And then to have a song like that uses the word intercourse in the title. Yeah. Like Darling Nikki's coded. Like it's just as Darling Nikki. And then you have to like read the lyrics or listen to it closely to hear the word masturbate. Yeah. Intercourse in the title of the song, it could have been just as simple as like, I can't have a song with the word intercourse in it for an album that is going to be so big. I don't want this to be just what everybody talks about or just to, I don't want places to not sell it because it has the word intercourse on one of the songs on the track where you flip over the, the album and it says intercourse in big letters. It could have been just a very calculated decision to just tone it down a little bit, tone down yeah, the that's, sexuality. That's, yeah, that's totally true. I mean, I, now that you say that, you know, just think, you know, in 84, when purple rain is released the album and you know immediately you know tipper gore and and her crew are are like on top of it like oh my child was playing darling nikki and we need to we need to start slapping some type of warning labels on these albums if intercourse were there i mean that that, <laughs> that might have happened well before the before the uh album came out or, or anything so yeah mm-hmm. I, I i could i could see a lot i could see a lot of backlash happening with you know with the word intercourse uh, you know as a as a title of a song so mm-hmm. 
For sure. I, I yeah. Just, again, it's a theory. There's lots of theories. We'd like to throw out theories on this show, so people can pick and choose through them. You know, wade through the theories and come up with their own. Or like, oh, that's interesting. I hadn't thought about that. Or correct me if you think I'm totally off, which I'm fine being corrected. Um, <clears throat> feel free to contact me, uh, presswine.net, if you have a, a, another theory that we didn't uh, articulate or speculate for, on here as to why Prince left this off, other than just the simple, like, Beautiful Ones is a better song. But what prompted him to write that song in the first place? That's kind of like the always the big question in my mind, because this is a great song. There's something like something just didn't sit right with him. It's the only thing I can think of is just like, oh, this is good, but it's not. It's not transcendent. It's there's there's just something that I'm missing. He must have felt. But we've been talking about the song, um, you know, without getting into the details into the nitty gritty of the lyrics. So let's let's get started on that. So Prince starts off by saying, I feel some kind of love for you, and I don't even know your name. This is the kind of love that takes two. I want you, and I'm not ashamed. Because, baby, you shock my wire with the sexual electricity extraordinaire. Come and take advantage. Undress me. I don't even know you. I don't even care. And um, again, reading them, whatever, the, the lines are the same, but you got to listen to the way like he performs it and like has the dramatic pauses and you've got like the keyboard stab ding, uh, after certain lines. And he just has a, a really smooth delivery of this where me reading it sounds a little awkward because I don't have probably the right beats, mm-hmm. but the way he does it, impeccable. Like it's a great, it's performed great uh, and, and very, um, like I said, compelling performance for the song studio or live version. So Kevin, like some key lines here, wh- what are you, what are you seeing off of the first verse that you think is interesting or worth discussing further? Well, for me, like, I think what I like about this first verse is he's just very straightforward about what, you know, what he's feeling. I feel, I don't know what it is, but I feel something for you, some kind of love for you. And, you know, I just met you yesterday, (laughs) you know, it, 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 you know, or I just saw, you know, this, this is one of those love at first sight songs um that that he has and uh and he's just kind of wearing you know his heart on his sleeve here and that's what the whole song's about is like having his heart on his sleeve and and not afraid to show you know this woman not afraid to show the people who are around this woman he just wants to you know 
he's like on some mountaintop just yelling it. <laughs> so, um, so I think that's what, uh, that's what I get out of this. And then I also like really love his, you know, with the title, like electric intercourse, he's, you know, weaving things having to do with electricity through throughout, you know, the verse and, and, yeah, uh, especially I, I really like you shock by wire. We like some hidden veil for his for his penis. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely metaphor there, um, an innuendo there being used. Yeah, you're right. I mean, so we haven't we talked about the intercourse part, but we haven't really talked about the electric part yet. So he he comes off somewhat like a, like a sexual Thomas Edison in the song. Like he's he's inventing. You know, electricity and and likening electricity through sexual attraction and uh, sexual friction being kind of like, this is a metaphor for that. Using all these electrical metaphors like uh, shock my wire with the sexual electricity extraordinaire and yes, wire. He says my wire, like, yes, you could certainly conceive that to be his penis with a sexual electricity extraordinaire um and that that the theme the thematic elements that he adds to address the electric part of it continue on through the song and of course in the chorus as well as he repeats the line electrical intercourse but the other thing i wanted to mention is touch on a little bit more is how you talked about like this is a kind of you get the impression it's a love at first sight and he, and he definitely attempts to emphasize that he doesn't really know this person. I feel some kind of love for you. I don't even know your name. And then towards the end of the verse, he says, undress me. I don't even know you. I don't even care. Come and take advantage. Undress me. I don't know you. I don't care. And normally when somebody is acting in that way, when somebody that they've never, that they don't really know, the, the word love seemingly used inappropriately. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Like it feels almost like lust. Instead yep. of love. I was going to say, yeah, this is, you know, akin to the episode you had uh, a few episodes ago, you know, lust you always, you know? Yes, exactly. Yeah. I, you know, he doesn't feel any love. He, he, he's, he's just, um, and I was going to bring this up later. Like, I feel like this song is it's kind of a combination of a, a few of his earlier songs before it so and and mainly if you if you take like i feel for you you know uh uh what's the line and i feel for you that i'm thinking of uh, uh i just had it in my head but it, it just went away <laughs> but well, let me look at let me look up the lyrics so I wouldn't lie to you. It's mainly a physical thing. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. I I wouldn't lie to you, baby. It's really a fit. Like, I feel like when he's like, I feel some kind of, you know, there's, first of all, there's their, I feel for you. And, you know, it's mainly a physical thing. And this thing that they, you know, this whole song is about physical. Yeah. Nothing, nothing about emotional, all about physical. And and that's what I take from like I feel for you, um, on this is is that, you know, 
I I feel for you. It's it's mainly a physical thing, and and that's what this electric intercourse is. It's it's this physical thing. Yeah, I and mean, then the other I feel for you could have been retitled "I feel horny for you." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what's the other one that you're thinking of? Uh, the other one I was thinking of is like "Do It All Night." Um, from Dirty Mind. Um, mm-hmm. just the whole you know when we get. I guess more into the second verse is is where the do it all night kind of like themes from that song kind of kind of come up. So yeah, yeah. So let's go through the second verse. Oh, I feel some kind of sexual current. Tell me, do you feel it too? Our bodies want to be together. Girl, I want to be with you. Electric is my body, baby. I will shock you with my lips. Darling, don't you know? Your technicolor climax is at my fingertips. So again, we got the we got the electric and electricity metaphors. Feel some kind of sexual current. Uh, our bodies want to be together, like they're being drawn together by some force beyond what you know, beyond um, biology. Something's forcing them together, like two magnets. Electric is my body. I will shock you with my lips. <laughs> the Technicolor climax part. Maybe I'm just not a, a really smart um, electrical engineer that can tell me how there's a connection between Technicolor and electricity besides the fact that, you know, that is something that is, uh, you know, brilliant and bright, um, like electricity potentially. Yeah, I, with with that line, I think what he's really saying is, you know, I can do things with my hands that are make you see colors. And for sure, yeah, (laughs) things like that. So I think that's where the Technicolor kind of comes up. It it has more to do with uh, a descriptor of of the of the climax. Like like what I what I can do with my hands is is just gonna, you know, yeah, it's gonna definitely gonna please her in ways that she's not used to being pleased. Exactly. Even even though he doesn't know her. (laughs) <laughs> Even though he doesn't know her, I feel some sort of sexual current. So kind of like, I feel for you, like you had mentioned before. I feel something. I feel this thing for you, and I'm gonna call it love. However, I may think most people on the from the outside looking in would probably call it more like lust or infatuation or just um, attraction, just general attraction. But he, he, you know, he's asking her, "Do you feel it too?" Doesn't want it to be just a one-way thing and and there's you know a question a key question in in the chorus that we'll get to shortly um that he asks as well so he's like asking questions tell me do you feel it too and then in the course he asks another big question that he repeats multiple times and so that's kind of like where 
I'm getting with this is just kind of an advancement of those themes that you had talked about in the songs you mentioned. So you mentioned you brought up Do It All Night and um, kind of cited that as a song with similar themes. And that song is very just like very repetitive lyrically. We're going to do it, do it all night. Doing it, making love, having yeah. sex, or whatever yeah. you want to call it. And that's the thing about this song. So he, he, in the chorus, which is just simply electric intercourse, electric intercourse, don't you want to? Electric intercourse, electric intercourse, don't you want to make love? And then he repeats that again. So he's, he's asking, but he's just kind of like also, not do you want to, don't you want to make love? Like kind of almost like expecting the answer to be yes. And... But then also you can interpret that don't you want to make love as in like I don't know. I mean I get like potentially that he's almost expecting a different answer besides yes. Like she says don't you want to make love? Well no. Don't you want to? Like when you say that to somebody like don't you want to? I feel like they've already said they've already given that person a a negative response or Mm -hmm maybe have paused or hemmed and hawed and maybe not given them the affirmation that they were expecting immediately. And I don't, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but it just feels a little different when somebody phrases a question with a negative, like, don't you want to, as opposed to, do you want to make love? Mm -hmm. Do you want to make love? Don't you want to make love? And uh, now that I'm thinking of it, you want to make love or what what's that song that's that time song it's jungle love it's in jungle Jungle love Love. i think that's an aside in jungle love yeah it is what's the matter baby where's your guts you want to make love love or what yeah (laughs) yeah 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 so these songs are written around pretty close to the same time because of course jungle love was done and written and recorded before filming the, the movie since it's performed in the film Mm-hmm. So eighty three, yeah, yeah. So that's a nice connection know. there. I hadn't thought about that until you just mentioned it. Yeah, yeah and then even just, just thinking of, yeah, and then just even thinking of, don't you want to? Like, I mean, the rest of the song is basically him just saying that, you know, don't you want to? Don't you want to make love? But yeah, it makes you think. You know, does she really feel the same way? Like because he's trying to convince he... her somehow. Yeah. That she does. Like, yeah, you you want to make love, right? I mean, of course you do. Yeah. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? I'm Prince. Of course you do. Come on. Yeah. Because I guess maybe when you ask a question like that, as opposed to do you want to make love, yes or no, you can you can pretty much, you know, you can, you can give a pretty succinct answer. But don't you want to almost implies that you 
if you say no, you need to come up with some reasons. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> and I could be totally reading this wrong, but I feel like when you ask it that way, not only is it unexpected or easily unprepared for a negative answer, but you you need to you know you need to come you need to come up with some excuses as to why you don't want to make love. Almost like if he's incredulous that she might even say no or not be quite as into it as he is because he's he's it's like this song this whole song is he's trying to convince her that there's something between them like this there's there's a electricity between us you know and uh, the sexual energy between us is just it's shocking it's uh <laughs> and, you know and using all these words to kind of impress her to make her think that there's something there when she may not know yet because they just met but he feels it and if he feels so strongly about her and it feels so strongly about their attraction then it must be real right but yeah anyway so do you what do you what do you think about like <clears throat> that take do you think i'm off <laughs> yeah i'm, I'm kind of conflicted here like as to whether he's whether he's begging here in in some kind of way or if he's I don't know, egging her on in some the kind of way. The performance in the in the '83 concert, when he's sitting there at the piano, and it gets to the end of the song, and he just keeps repeating, "Don't you wanna? Don't you wanna?" And he and he keeps trailing off before he says, "Make love." And occasionally he'll say it, "Don't you wanna mm -hmm. make love?" But he'll sometimes he'll just say, "Don't you wanna?" And he he almost acts like he's nervous. Um, a little apprehensive in even asking the question. Like he almost—it looks like he feels maybe embarrassed, but also pleading. And I wouldn't say—I don't want to say begging because begging seems off and negative, but just desperate in some ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah, desperate is a good word. He—he's like, you—we've got this connection. Come on, let's you know we need to leave this place right now and let's, let's go do this thing. So we need to see it through basically is what yeah. he's trying to, I think what he's trying to convey here is like, there's something here very clearly. I feel it. I think you feel it, but I need you to tell me by saying, do you feel it too? Don't you want to make love? But I need, I need you to tell me that. And don't you want to make love? Tell me, because if you feel it too, then we need to see this through and we need to, you know, take care of the physical, the physical connection that our electric bodies are, you know, requiring at this time. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. You know, it's, that's the fascinating thing about going through these lyrics with somebody else in real time. It's like, I think I'm thinking of this song in a different way. Like I always <laughs> kind of felt he was just, singing this song about somebody that he was attracted to and just trying to convince her that he was the right man for her, which in some ways this song still is. But I'm also getting and feeling a bit more about this song that it's 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 a, almost like, like I said, a desperate plea for her to please say yes so they can have sex, which will then satisfy this sexual 
attraction that is so electric that he can't see past it in the moment. And with the repeating of the lines, don't you want to make love? It does kind of give off the impression that this is something that he's not going to drop anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, he's, and, and this thought just popped into my head uh, uh, as well. He, he's looking for some validation. And, yeah. and he has he has tons of songs where he's like, you know, he's pursuing someone, uh, a relationship or or, uh, uh, or or something like that. But you know, he needs some, you know, reassurance and and some validation. Again, going back to I feel for you. Uh, you know, I ain't got no money. I'm not like the the other guys you hang around. Like he's like I I don't have these things that you're used to, but. I need you to, you know, validate me because I feel for you. <laughs> and mm-hmm. this is kind of the, like the same thing. I, I'm, I, we've got these feelings. They're electric. And, uh, you know, don't you, don't you want to go like to the next step? Maybe. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, so I think um, <clears throat> the only other thing I wanted to mention with the Technicolor Climax I was just thinking of, too, is, so with all the, the different electricity metaphors being used throughout the song, I just kind of wonder, like, if if this is a moment where all that electricity is being focused in one place, and you can, you can take that to mean maybe her clitoris, or somewhere that is causing her to climax and he's using that you know that word technicolor climax to communicate a little bit of where the sexual electricity is being focused in that moment and and what that could result in like when you focus like all the lasers in one point does <laughs> i mean it doesn't make anything become technicolor but you know in in this this narrative and this you know creative space that princes has here in this song he could have imagined all of the electricity going to one place creating some sort of glowing orb or something brilliant and technicolor and the thing that i thought of i don't have you ever seen the movie 2001 a space odyssey yeah yeah i've seen that (laughs) if you remember towards the end of the movie there's that point in in the film where the where the astronaut is like transporting himself through hyperspace or through like time and space. And it's just all these brilliant yep, colors got coming all, at got him. got all the lights coming towards you <laughs> on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's and, just the visual representation of what I, when I hear technicolor climax, uh, <laughs> strange. And, the, and one, the, the other thing, the other thing that again, just popped in my head when you said technicolor, you know, technicolor has to do with film and, and, movies and movies are you know big at least back in the day they were big you know you went to a theater and the 
the screen was huge and the theater was huge and and uh just imagine like when the first like technicolor like type films came out and and things like that and you know what a spectacle it was you know to go in and see you know uh um say the wizard of oz and the first you know 20 minutes of that film is 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 in a sepia tone and then all of a sudden you get you land in oz you go out that door you know from the house and nothing but technicolor yeah it's like (laughs) an orgasm for the eyes exactly exactly (laughs) yeah good one i like that i like that yeah and and prince would have remembered you know he would have remembered watching black and white films when he was a kid so i'm sure that he had experiences growing up where he was introduced to movies that were just filmed in black and white and it's very drab colors and you had to use your imagination and then wow looking at the brilliant colors in this film that you know now that they're filming things in color look at how bright everything is and how colorful and, and old hollywood movies have you know i think a lot of them they were very much they wanted to um really enhance that color because it was a big deal to be in color and so directors were using film i think that was probably going to really like i said enhance the color in a way that would highlight it and make it look so bright and shiny and technicolor so that's a term you're right that's a term that i don't know if it originated in hollywood but it certainly was used to describe color pictures in a way that people would know like this is a technicolor film yeah this is different than your normal black and white film and i'm not sure where you're looking at the the lyrics from but i'm i am looking at the moonbeam levels uh site same here yep and uh it's interesting that you know technicolor they do have like uppercase like it's it's capitalized yeah um it's probably a trademark as if it it were a trademark so yeah okay so one other thing i wanted to talk about kevin is the comparison between the beautiful ones and electric intercourse i don't want to spend a lot of time on it because the song's about electric intercourse not the beautiful ones got a whole episode on that song but if you think about and we alluded to it the two songs how different they are in terms of what they're talking about in the lyrics again the performances are still very emotional either way but the emotion is driven from a different place in electric intercourse prince's emotion is being driven from i'm gonna say lust i don't care what he's i don't care that he says love. i would agree i would agree electric intercourse is is all about lust yeah yeah he it's driven from lust and from sexual attraction and from just feeling like he's met somebody who can has the potential to be a great partner in bed but he doesn't know her name doesn't know that doesn't know anything about her he just has that immediate bolt of electricity to run through him when she came onto the scene and walked into his life or whatever it is and this song is an expression of how he feels in that moment. The Beautiful Ones is more of a breakup song in some respects. Although in the film, what it does is it, it wins Apollonia over 
but the the lyrics talking about you know he's so confused and the beautiful ones are the ones that you lose because i think how it works in the film is like he wants her apollonia to make a choice right i mean he's the whole scene and and you even mentioned in the script it doesn't he she's still with morris in the club when he performs g-spot and electric intercourse just like she's in the club with morris when he performs the beautiful ones but it clearly i think it clearly works better for the film the beautiful ones does because he has that very emotional do you want him or do you want no he says do you want me yeah do you want him or do you want me because i want you gotta know do you want me because i want you and that forces of course apollonia in that moment to kind of abandon morris there in the club and go meet prince and behind the the club in the alleyway so she can go home with him where electric intercourse if it was intended to do the same thing like get vanity to ditch morris and go behind the club and meet him so she can ride home on his motorcycle so they can have sex yeah okay the end result would be the same she's turned on by him she's you know uh she's feeling the same way you know he's forcing her to feel the same way that he feels don't you want to make love keeps asking her that in the same way that he asks her do you want me the end of the beautiful ones or do you want him so i I could see it working both ways but the thing about the beautiful ones is that he keeps it's not a new relationship and that's the big difference like in the beautiful ones, you don't get the impression that these two people have never really met. Now that could just be a, a a trick of his writing. Like he just didn't write it that way. Yeah, but for he the talks about getting married, you know, and and stuff like that. And it's just I don't know. And you don't get the impression that these two people just met in the beautiful ones. Yeah, that that's an interesting uh, contrast. Like the when you think about the song and where it is in the movie and what's going on in the movie. Like I always felt like, like in some ways the, the lyrics, like they fit the scene as it's going on. But when you think about it again, he's just met Apollonia. They went on like one date and then all of a sudden he's asking for like commitment and to get married and like i always see i found it interesting that you um called beautiful ones like a breakup song and i guess it is but it's also about commitment do you want to commit to me to being with me to to sharing your life with me um or 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 do you want to share it with this other guy um i i want you to make a commitment to me is, is what i hear from that song yeah, and breakup song isn't really. Weird. Yeah, I was just gonna say breakup song isn't really the right way to describe it. It's more like you said, it has the potential to be a breakup song if she chooses the wrong person, and he's and he's afraid of mm-hmm. losing her. Like, beautiful ones are the ones he always lose, so he's almost like setting himself up or preparing himself for her to choose the other guy. But yeah, anyway. So sorry, what were you gonna say? Oh, I was just going to say, like, it always <laughs> it always bothered me that that he had such a had, 
had a such a strong reaction to her after like after like that one date so it it, it, you know because he has the one date they go you know she cleanses her soul and and not lake minnetonka and (laughs) and uh then she decides she's gonna be in Morris's band, and then the next thing you know, he's singing the beautiful ones to her as if they'd been together for months. <laughs> and right. all you know, so it it that timeline always always bothered me with the film, but it, it uh, but I mean, the, that's I guess neither here or there or there. The, it the song still has that emotional punch to it, and and you 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 feel the pain that he has when he performs it on stage. But, but yeah, the, the two songs, when you look at them side by side, one's about lust. And then in my words, I, I think he, I think beautiful ones is, is about, you know, can, can you, do you want to make a commitment to me? Mm -hmm. Perfectly said. I I agree a hundred percent. And well, because the stakes are lower, in electric intercourse yeah definitely a lot like the stakes are much lower like he just asks do do you want to make love don't you want to make love don't you want to make love don't you feel it too and if she says no well they have no emotional connection yet he'll be disappointed he'll be going home alone potentially but he's not invested emotionally in this person so the stakes are lower and the beautiful ones, the way the song is written, forget about the movie for a minute, but just the song, how the song is written and, and performed. You're right. It does speak more to him requesting her to make a commitment. Both songs are asking questions of the woman that he's singing them to, but the questions are different. Mm-hmm. Um, he wants her to make a choice and the reason why like the way sometimes it feels like a song that he's almost prepared to lose her which is unlike a lot of Prince songs because he doesn't always show that vulnerability where he's uh, uh, writing a song where the choice could be just as easily go the other way Mm-hmm. Um, don't make me waste my time um you know don't my kisses please you right like why are you seeking attention from other men beautiful ones make you smash the picture because you know you're losing them and he just feels like he's she's slipping away this person that he's been with enough times to know that she's the one for him we don't know how long we don't know how many times but he certainly feels strongly enough about her to know that he's chosen her he wants her to choose him in return as opposed to this other guy and there's none of that like you have to choose between two people kind of discussion electric intercourse just do you want to have sex with me or not (laughs) is what what i'm getting from electric intercourse like do you want to do it or not I want to do it. Yeah. Do you want to do it? We can yeah. call it making love. You can say I love you and call it making love, which again, I guess makes it feel more 
makes it feel nicer like it doesn't feel as sleazy if you call it uh making love <laughs> but yeah it is yeah, it's what funny it is. That, yeah it's funny you mentioned that and and this was something i was uh hoping to to bring up as well there, there's a i feel like there's another tie-in to this song and uh i won't speak on it for too long because i know you have an episode to do on this particular song but you know six or seven months after he wrote you know electric intercourse he wrote we can fuck <laughs> which is uh, more of an extreme version of of this song because he yep. just comes out and says you know take off your clothes we can fuck <laughs> let's know? go somewhere so we can fuck yep yeah and it's you're right you're right you're absolutely right that song is very much like i'm attracted to you you're attracted to me I don't want to wait any longer. Let's fuck. Yep. We're not going to make love and we can fuck. (laughs) (laughs) This is supposed to be all sweet and, you know, meant for um, a wide audience originally. And uh, we can fuck was not. That that was not going to be in Purple Rain. (laughs) Imagine a track listing of electric intercourse there. And instead of darling Nikki, we can fuck. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> this album would have been just like i mean it would have been cool but there's no way this would have sold you know when diamond status yeah <laughs> um it just would have been too too risque there would have been too much backlash i mean prince was already pressing buttons on 1999 with songs like lady cab driver and let's pretend we're married and then to come out with his yeah. next album and next album like this and then have songs like erotic city as a b-side like no mm. he, he did the right thing yeah he definitely did that would have and, turned off a lot, i think a lot of older people for sure yeah okay uh kevin i think we've been chatting about electric intercourse long enough yeah <laughs> do you have any final comments you would like to touch on or anything about the song that you don't think we've covered yet nothing about the song but i i well i guess it's more about how i feel about the song like when sure. when we first decided to uh that this would be one of the songs that that i would chat with you about um i originally i was kind of lukewarm on this song um to be honest with you and like i like i always felt like the 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 um the chorus, which is basically half the song. I mean, the, the second half of the song, it's a four minute song, but two minutes of it is, is basically hit re- him repeating the chorus, but I always found it kind of cheesy sounding just the way he's, you know, the way he sang electric intercourse and the combination of the synthesizer with it just sounded kind of cheesy to me. Um, but I grew to appreciate it over the last, like couple of weeks as I've been uh, learning more about the song and, and things like that. And especially I think, I think seeing that live version from 93, uh, sorry, 83 um, just really changed my mind about the song. And it's, it's a little higher on, on my list than it was, you know, say two weeks ago. So <laughs> good deal. Good deal. Yeah. 
I've, I've always enjoyed this song personally, but I've never felt like it was a top 10 or top 20 Prince song. But after watching the live performance, and again, I, at the beginning of the show, I said I liked both versions pretty close. And that's still true. But the live performance enhanced my appreciation for the studio version. Let's just put mm. it that way. And so now I could think of this song being that emotional uh, centerpiece for the album or film if it ended up being included, even if it's thematically quite different than the beautiful ones, as we already discussed. I'm not going to continue to go down that rabbit hole, but I do like the song. I would like one day... I think I would like to try to create a list of my top 100 favorite Prince songs. I can't, I'm not going to bother like trying to rank them all. <laughs> that would be uh, a ridiculous endeavor, but I would, I wonder if this would, where this would fall. I'm pretty sure it would, it'd be in my top 100 Prince songs, but we got to also remember the man wrote a lot of songs. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it would make my top 100. Uh, right. I mean, again. that sounds crazy, right? Because, a hundred is a lot of songs, but this guy, man, it's so many. <laughs> so many, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I, one day I, I may do that. I might try to, to create a top 100 Prince song list and, and not even include like songs that he wrote for other people. Like this solely has to be a song that he performed on record. So I guess I could count on a song like Nothing Compares to You because he has a performance of that song that made it onto an album. But in the, you know, the, the Prince and the Hits. Yep. The collection from 93. Yep. But uh, yeah, Electric Intercourse. Great song. Beautiful ones I do believe was the better choice. And I think it thematically fits better for the film as well. Even if you can still poke holes in it like why is he so into this woman? She, he just met, like you pointed out, like they had one, <laughs> they had one encounter and now he's talking about what if he got married? Wouldn't that be cool? I know it's just a hypothetical kind of like, Oh, this boy's crazy in love. He's just spouting off stupid shit. Let's yeah. get married. Um, <clears throat> but nevertheless, electric intercourse might've made more sense in terms of how he actually felt or how we would, we would believe him to feel, which is, sexually attracted to apollonia and mm-hmm. wanting to consummate that um thematically in that respect i think electric intercourse makes more sense for the plot but the beautiful ones makes more sense in, in trying to um propel the, the the story forward to just kind of move it along quicker like they have to go from just meeting to being into a a deep emotional connection so that when he hits her later it it you know it has it's more impact and yeah so you know again you can make a theory that that's why prince wrote the beautiful ones because he's like this is moving the story along too slowly like we're just i'm just talking about how i'm attracted to her and you want to have sex but i need to show i need to show her that i'm more emotionally invested which the beautiful ones definitely does yeah i would agree Okay, well, I think that'll do it for this episode, Kevin. Um, any final sign-off that you want to give the No, that's, give the that's pretty much it. Yeah. Okay. 
yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for, for joining me on this episode. Much appreciated. And, and your input is very helpful always when I'm trying to bounce ideas off and have somebody else to do it with. It's it's invaluable to me. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. And and thank you for this show. I I, I can't say enough how much I, I look forward to like listening to the episodes every week and and uh, like typically right after I here's a plug for your discord um, server. So um, typically after I, after I hear a, a, an episode, I'm, I'm writing something about about it that that I thought of while I was listening. So um, it makes me think about songs in a totally different way and and even to pay more attention to the lyrics because there are certain songs of princes or, or any other art or any artists out there where I just love the groove or whatever and don't pay attention to the lyrics. But um, yeah, there, there are certain songs where I, I, it's kind of like I'm hearing them again for the first time after, you know, listening to the show. So thank you for that. You're welcome. That's appreciated. Uh, that feedback for sure. And yes, thank you for bringing up the Discord. So, you know, again, I mentioned PressRewind.net, which is the website you could find the show if you don't use any of the the normal podcast catchers like Apple or Amazon or Spotify or Stitcher. You can find them there as well. But if you just want to go straight to the show, just go to um, PressRewind.net, and you'll find it there. Also, have a Discord. Links to the Discord will be in the show notes if you would like to join the discussion on Prince and his music or episodes or anything you really want to talk about. It's a um, pretty, pretty free-form discussion uh, platform, so open to new members always. And thanks to all the listeners, and until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.